the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing our review of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. We are going to take a look at the Rogue Investigator in the box, everyone's favorite dilettante, Jenny Barnes. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tour of your choice, and claim your rewards. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much, I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. We are back with our reviews of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. We've been making our way through the Investigators. We've already talked about Zoe and Rex. We're going to talk about Mathastrophic's favorite Investigator. That's Jenny Barnes, the Delatante. Three willpower, three intellect, three combat, and three agility. She has the Drifter trait. You collect one additional resource during each upkeep phase, and her Elder Sign effect is plus one for each resource you have. She has eight health and seven sanity, so she's pretty tanky. If I remember correctly, Jenny's the tankiest investigator to date, as far as, like, Corrin Dunwich. Oh, Corrin Dunwich, yeah. Um, I think so, yeah, right? No, yeah, because um, all, all five of the Dunwich investigators receive an additional like they have 15 combined health and sanity whereas the core ones have a combined total of 14 so jenny with her eight health and seven sanity is a uh, pretty good compared like even zoe is nine and nine six and six yeah yeah like, eight and seven is a really good spread uh, yeah i like yeah. that too uh jim is seven and eight that's pretty good too gotta say oh that's true good. yeah yeah that's also a very good spread but point yeah. being Point being, um, that eight health has saved me many times. So has that seven sanity saved me yeah. many times. Yeah. And being a rogue with three willpower is really nice. Yeah. Because um yeah, that's the classic rogue weakness is like frozen in fear, the rogue killer. But uh Jenny uh, at least she has a shot at it, you know, to be able to to deal with it. Mm. Yeah. And she can flex into her off class slots to compensate for that if she really feels the need to, which is nice. Yeah. In fact, in my opinion, like, even though collecting an additional resource during upkeep, it seems so unsexy and it's so, it seems so boring. But the hidden power, I think, is that it lets you play cards that are more, that are balanced by their cost. Like Dynamite right. Blast. This is like the third time we've mentioned this in this review cycle. Like, she can play Dynamite Blast really well. She can play expensive assets like Alyssa Graham, you know, that cost four. You can pump she can play into like exactly. Hard I was about to get to that. Exactly, she's a good user of hard knocks, but she could also use things like um, oh, what's the uh, what's the mystic one? What was it called again? Arcane studies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a good user of arcane studies because it she can use that to boost her willpower and her intellect, and she can afford it. And there's also the fact that she's a rogue, so she has access to things like lone wolf and hot streak. So what this means is that Jenny is um, she's able to really flex those five off class slots with expensive things like um, 
Heck, she can even do uh, cunning distraction if she wants to because she can afford it. But um, at a lower level, things like preposterous sketches, the cost of preposterous sketches, she doesn't feel it as much because it's like it costs her one, you know, instead of paying two for preposterous sketches like everybody else. One resource a turn, it seems like very little, but it can affect your deck building. I think what you're getting at is that Jenny's greatest strength is her flexibility because her stat line and her ability to generate extra resources really lets her dip into whether she wants to be heavy into investigation. She can lean into that sort of stuff with lockpicks and seeker cards, or she can go more into the fighting route with the Derringer and Guardian cards. And, you know, being able to generate resources means that you always have the money to be able to do whatever you want. And she can do both at the same time, because that's another issue that you could run into, is that you simply just don't have the the money to be able to afford everything. But that's not a problem with Jenny. That's true. She can afford to take, uh, heck, she can take Machete and the uh, 41 Derringer, but she could also take Lockpicks and Magnifying Glass in the same deck, mm -hmm. you know, and it'll be fine. Or even Dr. Milan Christopher. You know, yeah, I mean, even the same taking... Deck. Taking a lockpicks and a machete, that's six resources. Like, that's yeah, that's true. It's expensive. Cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, and then if you want to play an ally and you want to play an accessory and you want to play, like, like what makes Jenny great is that you can just swarm your board full of assets. It's true. That's true. And you're able to reliably include them in your deck because you know you're going to be able to afford them. Yeah, I think one of the mistakes that players make is they sort of look at Jenny and she seems kind of bland on the surface because she has her, her her stats are just threes across the board. So she doesn't stand out in any way, unlike some of the other investigators in this game. Her ability is good, but again, kind of bland, just here's extra resources. But I think it's worth noting that, you know, she does have average skills across the board, but she's not weak at anything either. And she does have that flexibility with the uh, the five card slots to basically do whatever you need her to do, depending on what the other investigator is. So if you're playing two-handed or you're playing with uh, just one other investigator, they can do what they want and then you can build your Jenny accordingly and she can uh, fill in the blanks, which I think makes her, her very versatile. And her Elder Sign effect can get ridiculous late game if yes, you've if you've saved a few of those resources i think she actually yeah. might have like the the highest potential ceiling for an elder sign in the game if you if she gets on a roll and especially if you're playing her with uh, besides her ability you get lone wolf hot streak some of the the more recent cards that were released and suddenly you've got 20 or 30 resources sitting in your pool and if you draw an elder sign chances are you're <laughs> passing <laughs> <laughs> I would hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are very, very few effects that um, actually scale that infinitely, but one of them is Lucky Cigarette Case Level 3 from the Winifred Havamix starter deck. Oh, that's true. I think that's happened to me once where uh, I draw an Elder Sign and I just pick up my whole deck and I get to look and find what card I want. I'd love to do that, and this is minor spoilers, but there is one particular skill test in the Circle Undead I'd love to do that on. And I'm sure anyone that's played that campaign knows exactly what I'm talking about, so I'll just leave it at that. That being said, at least her Elder Sign um, can get to a point where it is, when it hits like plus three or plus four, it's going to help you with succeeding by two. Unlike an Elder Sign that only, uh, that only has a numerical effect of plus one, at least this one can kind of synergize with a, uh, a pass you can take, the succeed by strategy. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
It is also worth noting that if you have no money, however, it is a zero. That's fine. But that's fine. Yeah. It's never negative. That's can't true. Negative. Yeah. You can't take out loans in this game. Nope. Not yet. Actually, you can. <laughs> that's that's not true. There, oh yeah, that's true. There is an unscrupulous loan that you can take. Yeah, but you can't go negative. You never go negative. You just pay later, but not in resources. Jenny's backside is deck size 30, deck building options, rogue cards level 0 to 5, neutral cards level 0 to 5, and up to 5 level 0 cards from any other class. Her requirements include Jenny's twin 45, searching for Izzy, and one random basic weakness. Like we mentioned at the top, Jenny is incredibly versatile, so those 5 card slots can be whatever you need them to be, depending on uh, what style of uh, Jenny you're playing. One of the sort of traditional Jenny builds uh, at the beginning of the, when the Dunwich Legacy first dropped was picking up cards like Hard Knocks and Arcane Studies to pump all that extra money she has into the talents. Basically, and if you pick the right ones, you can cover all of her skills. So there's, depending on the skill test, you can pump money into all of them depending on what you need but that's certainly not the only way that you can uh, that you can play jenny yeah certainly you could load up on assets and play bandolier i know matt you like that sort of style where you play bandolier to get that extra hand slot so you can like yeah. play your twin 45s and play uh, yeah. a lock picks lock at the same yeah. time yeah it's just fun but uh you know like like i was saying earlier um her ability lets her take expensive Level zero cards like Dynamite Blast or expensive allies because um, she doesn't have to worry about affording them as much. It's also handy when you're playing multiplayer with a small collection where, like, say, one person ha owns the cards. Let's say there's a there's a great Seeker card, but it's kind of expensive, so now Jenny can take the Working a Hunch and then, the, then uh, Daisy doesn't necessarily need the Working a Hunch. Because of her ability affecting her deck building, it means that when playing with others she may not be in competition for the same juicy level zero cards. Yeah, and I think another point to add on to that is that the rogue card pool at this point also really allows you to go in either direction really easily. Yep. You know, especially yeah. now that Lockpicks is part of the revised core set. You yep. can go the investigation route with Lockpicks and Streetwise, or you can go into the fighting route with Derringer and some Guardian cards like both of those options are available to her, and both she mm -hmm. can do pretty well in. Yeah, pretty decently. I mean, not the best, because um, she has threes across the board. So it's often useful to make up for that with, um, like, overpowers, guts. Well, guts is just awesome, but uh -huh. things like um, manual dexterity, overpower, um, perception, and uh, unexpected courage. Icons are good. Uh, she can also take things like um, inquiring mind to help uh, to help shore up that three. Because as good as a three is, it's not going to win the day by itself. You're going to need boosts mm. yeah. uh, in other places. Yeah, I could see a potential for playing Dark Horse Jenny too. Where oh you yeah, use, that's actually tons use, of fun. <laughs> yeah, you use you Fire Axe. Yeah, you use Fire yeah. Axe and Talents to pump up your stats even further, and now you're like yeah. base six, base seven, and it's ridiculous yeah. and it's fun. Oh, I kind of like that style of play actually, because it's just you use her ability for her income, not to like save money, but to just spend more of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tons of fun. I like that. Yeah, it's like you just have this burning hole in your in your deck, and you just need to spend all of those resources. 
I've got a million dollars and I've got to spend every every last penny by 11 p.m. Oh, geez. <laughs> Before the tax man comes and gets me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the most significant changes with the reprinting of lockpicks in the revised core is that rogues were not great at investigating. And if you were playing Jenny, a lot of the time I found myself reaching for cards that would just help her gather clues so you were spending a lot of those those five cards just to gather clues, and I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore because you've got lock picks, and then you can pick up streetwise, and you're in very good shape at that point, and so you can explore some of the other options. And I don't think that was necessarily the case when she was when she was first released, at least playing solo. Three intellect isn't great. It's not going to get you enough clues and i found that even if you're using talents an extra resource is great but when you're having to maybe investigate more than one or two times per turn all of those resources will quickly get to get spent especially if she's trying to do a bunch of different things or having to fight enemies if you're just relying on those talents to to fuel you you've really got to i think you've got to supplement that with a lot of skills because otherwise you're going to go broke very quickly another recommendation i can make is that even though it seems like she's good with leo de luca i think you really want to try to find an ally that boosts a stat in order to break that barrier of having three in your stat whether it's beat cop or um Dr. Milan, Peter Sylvester, less important because um, agility tends to be defensive rather than offensive. But like B-Cop or Dr. Milan, I think are really good picks for her. I guess what I'm getting at is Leo DeLuca could be like a deceptive trap because you kind of need that. You need, you're going to consistently need skill boosts in order to like reliably pass tests. Jenny's signature card is Jenny's Twin 45s, a perfect fit. It has uh, an X cost asset. And we'll talk about X in a moment. Two agility skill icons and a wild skill icon, item, weapon, and firearm trait. Jenny Barnes deck only uses X ammo, so whatever you spend uh, playing Jenny's Twin 45s, that's what you get for ammo. As an action, you can spend an ammo fight. You get plus two combat for this attack. This attack deals plus one damage, and it takes up uh, two hand slots. Theoretically, this has unlimited ammo if you can get enough resources uh, on jenny the uh, combat bonus is uh, pretty generous especially given what we have for rogue weapons at this time and uh, of course you get the plus one damage without having to succeed by two or anything like that which is uh, nice as well the two hand slots are a bit uh, of a problem with lockpicks, but uh, you can pick up Bandolier to work around that. What do you guys think of the Twin 45s? I love these things. They're great. Yeah. Just no two ways about it. They're just great. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. yeah um, what I tend to do with them, to be honest, is I tend to um, hang on to the Twin 45s until that point in the scenario when it's like, okay, the clue phase of the scenario is kind of over. Now we just need to wreck a bunch of enemies. So like playing the Twin 45s for like seven or eight bullets is often enough just to like get you through the boss fight. And then um, then at that point you can start like getting like you're, you have a turn where you take four shots with quick thinking and you just like kind of go through the ammo real fast. And um, I think that's, that's kind of like my style. So that's how I try to get around the problem of hand slots 
is by just saving them for when it's like it is go time i need to defeat some victory point enemies yeah and it's just a really yeah. solid weapon when that yes. is the case yeah you know plus two and two damage mm -hmm. great stuff especially in a class that can generate additional actions you know yeah you've got like quick thinking like you were saying if you're yeah. playing leo de luca that's another action that you can use to spend all that mm -hmm. ammo so you've got you've got options to do that and I, I think you're right, Matt. Like, this is a card that you you sort of you drop the lock picks and you go, all right, baby, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pow, pow, yeah. pow, pow, pow. Yeah, and it's all in slow motion. So your three actions feel like they take six actions, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, because because of slow motion. And mm -hmm. it's all in black and white anyway because it's the 1920s. But, um, yeah, it's it's just tons of fun to just not run out of bullets. Yeah, and don't be afraid to put three or four on. You know, if that's what you need to get through the situation, that's what you need to get through the situation. You know, it's always appropriately costed for the amount of ammo that you're going to put on it. So Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's what's nice about it is that mm -hmm. it's good pretty much at any point you draw it. Yeah. And it's got yeah. good icons. Like, if that's what you And it's got a good icons. And what's interesting is that the icons are, like, the opposite of fighting. It's for evading. So if you just don't need to fight things because your guardian's got it covered, but you need to evade things... 2045s can cover you. Yeah, it's super fun. Plus, have you ever fired two two pistols whilst flying through the air? Well, Jenny has, so uh, she's got that on all of us. It is worth mentioning that the X cost on Jenny's twin 45s does uh, end up not playing nice with some of the potential solutions to the hand slot issue, uh, namely uh, Sleight of Hand, which was released in the uh, Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. One way you could theoretically get around having the hand slot issues is you could play the 45s with, uh, with Sleight of Hand to bounce them into play and out of play again. Unfortunately, the twin 45s have no ammo if you do that, so right. that's unless not an option. Unless you pay for it with the play action, X is zero. Jenny's signature weakness is searching for Izzy. It has the task trait, revelation, attach, searching for Izzy to the location farthest from you. For two actions, you can investigate. If you succeed, instead of discovering clues, discard searching for Izzy. Forced, when the game ends, if searching for Izzy is in play, you suffer one mental trauma. First, uh, this may end up very far away from you, depending on uh, the layout of the locations. Not only do you have to spend a lot of actions potentially moving to that location, but then you've got to spend two actions attempting to remove it, which isn't necessarily guaranteed because you have to take an investigate action, which means you can't use your lockpicks. To do this, you have to investigate with her base three and then bump it from there, which isn't great. And of course, it depends on the shroud value of the location as well. So if you get unlucky and this ends up on a high shroud location, that's just going to make it that much more difficult. And then, of course, if the game ends, you end up suffering a mental trauma. So ideally, you want to draw this early so you can dump it to some place you may eventually need to go to. If you draw it late, you're probably gonna eat a mental trauma, but at least unlike Zoe and uh, Roland, Jenny has a little bit more sanity to play around with uh, than those two. What has been your experience with this one, Matastrophic? 
pain because when it comes up near the end oh it's it's pain also the fact that you have to investigate spend two actions to investigate which means you can't try it twice in a turn and you have to use you can't use lockpicks or anything like that that is painful that being said streetwise if you have a small card pool streetwise is kind of essential because that's how you deal with this because you can pl you can plow streetwise money into searching for Izzy where you can't really do things like lockpicks. That's that's how you deal with it, is you have streetwise. You also have um, elusive can really help, you know, to get there and get back. It's also worth noting that a friend can help you if you've split the if you split the group. But uh yeah, this thing always this thing's rough. I've had times where like I draw this thing on like turn three and yet I still don't manage to get around to it. Because going all the way over there and spending two actions just to draw a bad token and fail, you know, and then have to do it again is pain in the butt. This card alone, I think, makes me consider playing Leo DeLuca. Oh, uh, yeah. The extra actions to both get there, get do mm -hmm. the stupid test, and come back. You know, it's <laughs> it's very action intensive. Oh yeah, isn't yeah. it interesting that her signature um, her signature asset is about fighting, and her signature weakness is about investigating. Kind of neat. I gotta say. Yeah, tacking the investigate yeah. action on this thing, you can't even cheat it with something like in the no, which <laughs> I think in the no costs XP, so she couldn't take it anyway. But, you know, being able to investigate remotely would be such a boon for her. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that card exists. Yeah, this thing is just awful a lot of the time. Like, man, oh, man, especially... Uh, the double action to investigate just chews up so much time you got to get there you got to get in there and then of course you know who knows what's going on at that location you know often you... enough you have to wait you have to get there because it costs two actions you have to get there you have to wait a whole mythos phase before you can uh, actually investigate and then the investigate provokes tax of opportunity so if you draw an enemy in that mythos phase and the worst is when it takes two actions to deal with that enemy and then you don't have enough actions to investigate for searching for Izzy. Then you got to wait another mythos phase and repeat the same process. Painful is what it is. Yeah, I could see some situations in the uh, in the devour below where this could uh, end up being dumped on a location where suddenly you're investigating with some skill that you hadn't necessarily prepared to investigate with. Oh, and... yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's just like, it's true. It's like well, oh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I've got streetwise. I'll be fine. And then it's just like, well, actually, you're investigating with combat and uh, you can't use your streetwise now. And uh, good luck with that. So uh, what are your some of your favorite Jenny builds? I, I know at this point I could probably, Nate and I could just leave and let Matastrophic <laughs> handle this for for the next two hours as he he lists every Jenny deck he's he's ever built. But we'll, we'll try to limit it to uh, to the Dunwich Legacy and uh, the Revised Core. Why don't you guys start? Because I, I do have one particular one that I can throw out there, but why don't you guys start? Yeah, I I really like the the combat based Jenny builds because I, I always like Derringer level two. That card's really good, mm -hmm. and I think Jenny is one of the best users of that card, especially mm -hmm. in this current card pool with just Corn Dunwich. Like like Skids can do it pretty well as well, but Jenny just has all the money, so mm -hmm. it's just much easier for her to be able to boost her stats with something like Hard Knocks. Uh, like you were saying, uh, Matt, earlier, Streetwise is also another card that I would probably pretty heavily lean on yeah. until I expand my card pool. 
simply because like Jenny always has the ability to use it at least once a turn. Yeah. Given the fact that she's generating two resources a turn. Uh, I think at least in this point in the card pool, I think going for the big money strategy just doesn't have any payoff. Unless you're using it to like pump all of your money into talents, but if you're doing that then I don't think you need something like Hot Streak necessarily in a deck like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've got the the Dark Horse Jenny deck, of course, which is fun. Where you just yeah. you're basically you're just leaning in on that strategy like tenfold. And just spending all your money pumping it up into fire axe, pumping it up into those talents, pumping it up into all all sorts of stuff. It's just just great times. I think Jenny was among the the first uh, investigators I played from the Dunwich Legacy way back on the channel. I think I played it two handed with her and Skids, and and uh, I'm really glad they reprinted lockpicks in the revised core. That makes a a huge difference when you're building a Jenny deck, I think, because as a solo player, I would have to spend a lot of my five cards just trying to get her intellect high enough to reliably investigate. And now that lockpicks exists, I don't have to do that anymore. I did play the, uh, the big money, sort of spending all of Jenny's money on talents. Uh, That worked pretty well. I think is as, when you're playing solo, you've got to sort of be good at everything. So I've played, I haven't really built a specialized Jenny deck, either investigation or, or fighting. I've tended just to, to use her as a, uh, in multiple roles at the same time. But, you know, she does, does very well at that because you can tweak her a little bit here and there and she can fight and investigate generally pretty well, especially as the card pool has expanded and we've, we've gotten a few more a few more options one of those options i think worth mentioning is adaptable oh man is she probably the best user of adaptable with her ability to take literally any level zero card yeah because you can because uh as your deck evolves like in fact i'll even start by saying i think one classic template for a jenny build that i think works really well is um you lean on the fact that her guns are like a are like a fifth weapon so you can just take two rogue guns, like the 41 Derringer, and then you can take two off-class guns, like um, or weapons like Machete, and then she's fighting pretty well at that point because she can take like the best weapon from the different from the other classes, and she can definitely afford it. And then so you've spent two off-class slots, and you're up to five weapons, which is pretty standard. She can afford a slot for prepared for the worst to find them. And there, that's that's your arsenal right there. And then you can do lockpicks and maybe magnifying glass or Doctor Milan Christopher, you know, on the investigate side using those off class slots there. And I think if you just do something like that, where you you get some nice expen- you get some nice costly assets like really efficient that are level zero from other classes, I think you're well on your way to a good Jenny build just right out of the gate. Yeah, to be um, generalist. And the reason why adaptable is so nice is that after you get some XP and after you start, you may not need those level zero off-class slots anymore for things like Dr. Milan or Magnifying Glass or Machete because you've upgraded into Chicago Typewriter, for example. But then Adaptable lets you get those slots back for other ut- utility things like Luckies even or our Dark Horse build. You know, Shortcut. Shortcut, yeah. Or even things like Inquiring Mind, you know, because she likes to take, stat- take tests of any 
any variety. So what that means is that you can, because of adaptable, you can upgrade out of those love five off class slots and still keep the benefit, you know, by swapping in a new level zero card to replace them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. a nice thing about Jenny too is that you can sort of leave her on her own little island, and she can yeah. sort of just handle herself. Well, well, the you know the three other players go and babysit the seeker. You know, Jenny yeah. can be off doing her own thing, and she can she can do just fine, and then she can make her way back to the group easily. Yeah, that's actually um actually also a common thing that's happened to me in four player games is we have like two generalists kind of going off on our own, and then if we both draw enemies, um, I'm I'm as Jenny, I know I can maybe kill both of them. Or if we don't draw enemies, I can maybe get a decent amount of clues. So I kind of almost act as the babysitter. I've had that happen. Knowing that if I don't need to shoot, I'm still good. It's just tons of fun to just flex into whatever you need, whatever the group needs at the time. Yeah, just uh, when you talk about Jenny and Adaptable, I mean, we've talked a lot about cards in this game that are only good in in certain scenarios. And I think Jenny's probably the best investigator to do that because she can take those cards as long as they're level zero with adaptable, sub them in and then sub them out again as need be. So some of those cards get a little bit more more value in her than than say other rogues who are who are class locked to say Rogue and Survivor or Rogue and Mystic or something like that where they simply can't delve into other classes as easily as she can yeah and she's not burdened by uh, resource costs so she could take expensive um level zero cards any uh, final thoughts on uh, jenny barnes jenny does not deserve all of the the hate that she gets she is a great investigator yes tons of fun actually i mean there's not nothing nothing appears to stand out on the front side but it's when you when you when you translate that into your deck building is when the fun starts yeah. yeah yeah jenny jenny to me is sort of like the perfect blank slate investigator to really yeah. like try any kind of build you want out yeah. you know if, yeah. if you're the type of player that gets kind of bored with uh, i don't want to be the guy that just walks to, walks around every location and just scoops up all the clues uh, i don't want to be the guy that just walks around and just acts as a an enemy destroyer and then walks away I want to do a little bit of everything, you know. If that's your kind of jam, then Jenny is a perfect investigator for you. Or if you want to be the edge lord that walks around on their own, the brooding edge lord. That's what the dark horse for that comes too. From. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> money, I don't need money. You can keep your money. <laughs> so do you play standard Jenny or do you play the alt art version of Jenny? Ooh, uh it depends on my depends on my mood. You know, alt it's like, art it's Jenny like... all the way. Oh, you're Altar Jenny all the way. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. got two guns and she's in the process of firing them. How cool is that? But then again, the standard Jenny, it's like you can see her face and she's got this like cool like pose where she's just like, blah, 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 you know, and like, and then the other one is like, I'm ready to go. Who's that? Where's the next guy? Where's the next guy? He's coming. He's coming. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about her uh, her replacement signatures, but I mean, that, that opens up a whole different aspect <laughs> of her deck building. Yeah, Jenny is an investigator that I... I have revisited uh, over the years. Uh, probably don't play her nearly enough, uh, given that she is so versatile. But uh, certainly, she has the uh, the money issues solved, and she has the flexibility to to play both a role as a fighter and an investigator, which is really what you need. 
when you are playing solo and she's got three willpower which for rogues is a a blessing she doesn't necessarily have some of the issues that the the low willpower rogues uh, have she gets a gun as a signature asset that's pretty good there's a lot to a lot to like about uh, Jenny Barnes and if you do get a chance to pick up the novella that was uh, written about uh, her, you get to to learn a little bit more about her search for Izzy. It's not a bad read. So that's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.